0: is grieving you know it's like a death it's a loss and people are going to go through the whole gamut of emotions and it's very important as the individual and and even if you can get the partner to really understand that, that you're going through this incredible loss.
1: Welcome to Lovelink your guide to love and connection in all forms. We're your hosts Simone Humphrey and Sina Simon Today, we have Jeroen Schwartzman on the podcast. He's a therapist specializing in addiction and couples work who recently joined the Modern Mind team. Jeroen is here to talk to us about how to help couples who've decided to divorce or end their long-term relationship. If you're interested in seeing Jeroen for individual or couples therapy, please reach out to info at modernmind.co. That's info at modernmind.co, or visit the Modern Mind website at modernmind.co to learn more about Jeroen and his
2: practice. Welcome, your own, to Lovelink. It's so nice to have you here with us. Thank you. You are the newest member of our group practice, Modern Mind, and we are so, so thrilled to have you on our team and talk to you today about divorce, something that we haven't talked about on the pod, something that comes up a lot in our practice, comes up in our personal lives. I think we all either have experienced or known someone or worked with someone who's had divorce. And there's a lot to unpack here. But before we go into that discussion, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you became a therapist.
0: Yeah, thank you. And yeah, to, to the to the point about divorce, it's, you know, it's a sort of almost a, a logical extension of the sort of relationship life cycle. So it's, I'm glad that we're getting to talk about it. Yeah, you know, I, I was, this is, uh, this is a career change for me. I was a film producer and a screenwriter for for many years had a production company with partners um, still write screenplays and you know i think that uh, producing making movies telling stories you know there was always that interest in the interpersonal dynamics um, psychology how we relationships how we get on with each other how we navigate life and the stories that we tell in order to make sense of the world i think the storytelling is a really powerful maybe one of the sort of primordial ways that that people have used to to make sense of this sort of chaotic experience that we call life and so you know therapy i think in in a way is a natural extension of that kind of you know meaning making sense making form of expression so yeah i think you know when COVID came i i wanted to expand and 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 change some of my eyes i didn't want to produce uh films i was a line producer which meant i was on set a lot of the time which is wonderful but you know I have children and I was away from them for a long time and I just wanted to be to be somewhere that was closer but still kind of engaged me on all the things that I was engaged with as a as a screenwriter and as a producer and therapies I think was really uh something that I was drawn to and attracted to relationships how people interact on set in couples in the world was something that I was you know and still am fascinated by and and, and uh uh, mystified by and 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 continually trying to understand in my own life and, and exploring in other people's lives so i just yeah i think therapy was you know psychotherapy became a, a natural place for me to go and, and explore and, and sort of start my new chapter and that's that's where i am and so you know i just um yeah i graduated from nyu did a master's and uh yeah i'm very happy to join modern mind and be the newest member of this team
1: well we're really thrilled to have you Part of what really drew us to you, Yaron, was your global outlook. You know, you're really a a global citizen and have a lot of global life experience. And so, um, you know, something that that really drew us to you was your knowledge of what it means to be and feel like an outsider sometimes, and your knowledge of being in different cultures and having to navigate different spaces. And then, obviously, your thoughtfulness, your empathy, and also your interest in what we're gonna talk about today, which is couples, separation, divorce, conscious uncoupling, and that that's really something that, that you have a curiosity about, that you have some expertise in, and knowledge of. So it's exciting that you're coming on board.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, I just, just to, to speak to both those points, I just came back from, from Kenya where I was attending an old friend's wedding and it's her third wedding and it's his second wedding. And they did in Lamu and they've known each other for ten years and they got married, married, and they couldn't be any happier. So I think there's just and they they really are. They're they're a lovely couple. They really make a lot of sense. They're they have a lot of children, you know, from respect their respective previous marriages, and everybody was there. And so there's a lot of life after divorce as well. I think, you know, we're gonna talk, we're gonna go into the into the depths here a little bit, but I think that it's also important to note that there's a lot of life and a lot of optimism, a lot of different permutations that you can um, make your life into after you get divorced. Because I think one of the things we're going to talk about is how bleak it seems, you know, the first time or when when people are going through it. And of course it is bleak and difficult, but there's a lot of light at the end of that tunnel as well, you know.
2: So I think it would be helpful to talk about why people divorce. You know, there's a real pressure in our society to stay married for a lifetime, that there's this commitment till death do us part. And we know that just that's not the reality that 50% of marriages somewhere around that statistic end in divorce. And there's a lot of different reasons. So why, why, why do people divorce? Why do people separate?
1: It's a great question. I think there's so many reasons, as we all know, from our own life experience and clients and, you know, people grow in different directions. And that really is true. Like for a certain phase of life, a couple might thrive. And then, you know, maybe one person wants something different, wants something, wants a change. I mean, sometimes that can be concrete, like wants children, doesn't want kids or wants to, pursue a certain career path or or location but it can be a lot of things it can also be somebody who's done a lot of personal work on themselves and they don't experience that their partner has is like at the same level of introspection and, and self growth i also think about the highly escalated couples i've seen or couples where there are major attachment injuries um and it's just it's too heavy it's too big like sometimes you know for example in a, having an affair and it, it seems like they keep coming back to it, this, this hurt that they can't get, they can't get out of it. And it just, at the end of the day, it makes more sense to release themselves from the relationship.
0: I, yeah, I think that's right there. I think there's no, there's no, there's just no one answer there. I think there's four or five different headings, which, which cover a lot of it. You know, I think finances, where you are in your life cycle, priorities, you know, so there are kind of umbrella terms that cover the nuances, but there isn't, I don't think any one right thing. I think... What I've seen more often than not is that, I mean, maybe now this generation, they they sort of delay a little bit more, but certainly my generation, people got married relatively early and they didn't know what their priorities really were. They didn't know who they were and they didn't know how much they would evolve. And in the evolution of their personal growth, there was this bifurcation in the marriage. They just, you know, kind of the old, you know, tr- cliche, but it, it's true is that they grew apart, but a lot of the grew apart. Cliche doesn't often emphasize how much somebody grows within themselves to grow apart. It's that's the part that you know people change. And a marriage where some of the, the core values weren't really aligned doesn't allow for that, or maybe isn't the best vehicle for that kind of change. And I think the other part of it is that there's just been a, a less of a cultural commitment to marriage. I think marriage was, you know, it grew up in a in a place, in a time where the economics of it, the the cultural and social aspects of it, made it something that you lived with. So there's a lot of marriages that have lasted fifty years, but they're living in lives of quiet desperation and misery, right? And 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 this generation and the next generation, we're not not as willing to accept that. You know, we're not as willing to accept that. And divorce is a is a much better solution, a much better conclusion to arrive to, a much healthier conclusion to arrive to for many people. You know, um, so it's not to say that because people stayed married a generation or two ago for the duration, they were necessarily doing the right thing for themselves, but they were doing what was culturally expedient, you know.
2: We put a lot more value and expectation on satisfaction and gratification in our relationships. And I've, I've found, I mean, of course, there's the divorces and separations that are sparked by like an acute crisis. Something happens, there's a real break, there's a real escalation. But I've, from my experience, more often than not, have noticed this sort of like quiet erosion that happens almost in, in all relationships, and in, in, unless you're putting the work into it. It's almost like a natural trajectory. And if you don't catch it early on, it's like it grows. And so oftentimes, before people separate, people come into couples therapy and they can kind of repair or work through it or decide that it's it's been worn down too much but that kind of growing away, sometimes it's, there's just fundamental differences. And sometimes it's like, they weren't able to connect over time. And so there's just a distant that builds and a simmering resentment. And, and that, that's what I see. That's what I see often.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. I think the, the violent eruptions, the, uh, when, when there's still a lot of heat and energy, those, you know, as, as, off-putting as they may seem, those can be those can be more easily repaired. It's the natural erosion. It's that kind of the the, the quiet moving apart. The so you know the sort of tectonic shifts that happen in relationships that are very very hard to fix because you just you know you find yourself by the time you realize there's a crisis or there's an issue, and even if you do, you've moved so far apart that there's there isn't the the romantic love, there isn't the need to repair or the the desire to repair it, and so oftentimes. You know, people feel like, and and rightly they feel that that moving on is is the right thing for them to do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's. I think that's right. I think you know, in every relationship, if you go long enough, there somebody called it the zombie years, you know, like there are these moments where you're with someone for 10, 15, 20 years. There's going to be a point where they're just like, you know, your roommate or I don't know what it is, but they're not necessarily, it, I think that's the other part of it is the conception of love, romantic love, that, you know, hot, warm, fuzzy feeling. You, you, there's an evolution to it. And, and oftentimes people aren't prepared for the evolution or, or aren't ready for what comes next, you know? So yeah, complicated for sure.
1: Yeah. The The survival of any relationship depends a lot on the work that each partner is, is putting in. I mean, the most at-risk couples are the ones that come in where they've both given up a little bit or where they're not emotionally connected anymore and nobody's fighting for the relationship. It seems like there's just the energy has been depleted.
0: That's right, yeah, there's no oxygen. And you can and you can tell. And, and again, for for people like that, the right thing might be or the best thing might be for them to yeah to to, to get divorced, or break up. Or you know, a lot of times now, you know, we, we're talking about divorce here, and that's the sort of that's the legal term. But really, effectively, there's a lot of couples we see. We see people in the LGBTQ plus community um, that that don't necessarily get the legal marriage, but the definition of they're together for. They're together for 5, 10, 15 years. If you're together for with someone living, cohabitating, having children, pets or whatever, sharing a, a meal plan, like you're married, you know, in, in a way, right? And so, and when you break up, it's a divorce, you know, it may not be the legal definition. So I think that's the other part of it is that that there are, there's a lot of people that aren't the statistics don't reflect what's going on in the world in the relationship world today because we're they're really following people who get married and getting divorced but lots and lots of people have 5 10 year relationships and go through the same life cycle and go through the same emotions the same feelings that you would if you if you got legally married in front of a you know civil the civil ceremony and got divorced you know?
2: Yeah. You know, I think um, I'm really happy that we're having this conversation about divorce because it's one of these major life events that's so big, has so many different emotions, is, is can be very traumatic for people. And there's just not a lot of discussion. There's not nearly as much support. And I think there's this kind of new wave. Gwyneth Paltrow really put the idea of conscious uncoupling on the map, which I think is great because historically, people have really gone through divorce on their own. And it's been a very lonely experience. and I think it still can be. So I think there's a real importance to not just talking about what this looks like, what this means, but also how to get help through this.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, and I think, you know, when, when Gwyneth Paltrow came up with that a few years ago, it was a subject of, you know, wide derision. But I think people have really come around to that idea, you know, they've come around to the idea that there is a way to uncouple that is that is conscious that is not as painful that isn't filled with the vitriol and and slings and arrows of of divorce even though of course the pain the hurt the sense of betrayal guilt all of the sort of the, the entire emotional wheel is there and very immediate when you're breaking up when you're divorcing but there's there's a lot to be said for Being able to take a step back, especially we're talking about if you have children, you have other dependents, you know, taking a step back and seeing how much you can metabolize on your own or with the help, with support, so that you're not burning the house down with you inside it. There's a way to do this that mitigates some of that hurt, some of the pain and some of the the destruction that goes along with with divorce.
1: So divorce... And, and separation after being together for a long time, which is essentially we can think about as a type of divorce. It's such a common experience, even though people going through it may feel a lot of shame, they feel that there's a lot of stigma around divorce and, and separating after a long time, especially if there are kids involved. But it really is very, very common. So maybe it would be helpful for us to talk a little bit about the statistics, like how many people are actually getting divorced, what are some of these stats? Because it really, it, it is kind of like almost part of a person's life cycle, you know, to go through a, these, these breakups after being together for a long time. Yeah. So that might be helpful to spend a little time on that.
0: I mean, yeah, so, and I, I you know, if you've got stats that are, different or better or more nuanced than mine, please do. But, you know, I, I, according to the the APA, it's 40, 50% of first marriages end in divorce, you know, and, and the divorce rate for second marriages is even higher. It's 60 to 67, 70%. So, you know, I, I think those stats sort of bear out the one thing that I, that I, I came across when I was sort of doing some of the research for, for our podcast, uh, because these were things that were readily available to me was that actually Some of the statistics have sort of gone down in the the last few years, but it's because less people are getting married now. People are, I I think, are wary of marriage, are wary of that kind of commitment, and those that tend to jump through that hoop have done the due diligence or or are more ready for the commitment uh, maybe than the previous generation. But yeah, but I still think the salient statistic, which is, you know, half of marriages end in divorce. Paradoxically, I thought that New York State and Manhattan would be at the national average or even more considering the fact that everybody thinks we live in Babylon here, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but, but in fact, it is in New York city. Uh, um, even though it's Manhattan divorce rates ranks highest in the state, uh, it's just still 6.35 divorces per thousand people. So it's sort of like a 7% divorce rate, you know, in the general uh, in
2: the, population, in the this general includes people that are unmarried or children. Co-
0: yeah. Correct. 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 So, you know, so so Manhattan, even though Manhattan is higher than Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, whatever, it's still off the national statistic that Manhattan divorce rates are lower than the national average. Um, What's
1: the point. national rate?
0: The the divorce rate in the United States is 3.2 for 1,000 to 1,000 population in 2019. It's still 40 to 50 percent.
1: You know what I found interesting? There was a stat that said having divorced friends increases your chances of divorce by 75%. Yeah. It's almost like if it's in your social circle or if you're given permission, it's kind of like gives you permission. Like it's okay to get a divorce. I think it's like this too for children. Of divorce have a higher rate of divorce i mean i 'm divorced my my parents were divorced, you know, so there, there feels like there 's something about that like
2: there 's some level of, it, of normalizing yeah. or, or permission mm-hmm. giving, but then i 'm also thinking too you know I mean this is a pretty dismal thought, but if if the divorce rate is forty to fifty percent, then of the the marriages that stay together what 's the percentage of those that are happy and satisfying? You know, and, and it could be that there's actually a really high rate of dissatisfaction and that if there wasn't the social pressure, which there they're typically is, I think, regardless of, of what you've been raised with, the, the expectation is that you stay in a marriage forever, then you might feel this pressure to stay in a marriage that you're actually not happy with. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if it's more socially acceptable, then you leave. And and yeah, that's but, a really good point.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, just to point out, and it's hard to, this is this is anecdotal, but I see it all the time, like... People aren't getting married because they're wary of the divorce rate, but they're still entering long-term relationships that aren't that aren't holding, right? They're still coming in, so they're they've effectively like they've bypassed this whole marriage divorce statistic. But it's not like p- people have chosen not to couple or chosen not to like intermingle their lives or even have children. I can't I don't know what the the statistics for couples that have children that are in common law marriage, you know, whatever common law cohabitating marriages. And so you know, if we took all of that together, I think you know the, the number would still be high.
2: And I think the sad part of it is that we're getting educated in so many different areas, but we're not really being taught relationship skills. And so many of us aren't being modeled healthy relationships. So it's like all of these people are trying to have relationships without the tools to have a successful relationship like healthy communication, emotional intelligence, these things that as therapists, we're having to really teach our patients how to do. And without that, it's really challenging to then have a long term committed relationship. It's sort of, I think it's setting people up for failure.
0: It's true. Although, you know, uh, I've seen in my, my own practice, I've got couples coming in that are five months, six months, you know, and I can say this, but five months, six months in, and they're already like, Thinking about doing couples therapy, which I think is like, you know, a generation ago, a minute ago, that was unthinkable. You know, if people came in, they'd come in at the inflection point, like they were just their feet were dangling off the cliff. You know, here there are people like really early on, they're recognizing that the communication, the emotional intelligence, that it needs help and they're coming in for help. So I think that's a huge sea change and something that I'm, you know, feel very optimistic about because... If you're coming in five, six months in, it doesn't mean like I think some people would think, well, God, they can't figure it out. This is the honeymoon period. Not at all. I think this is it's really encouraging, like set the foundation, set the first principles, figure out what your communication styles are and and, and then, you know, you know, hopefully build a real kind of foundation for for a healthy relationship. And I don't think that a, couples weren't doing that even five, 10 years ago.
1: Something we've been talking a lot about in our group practice, I mean, the three of us have been talking a lot about, is both wanting to help couples come together, help them to build more intimacy in their relationship, you know, like traditional couples therapy, right? But also how to help people end well. There's really not a lot out there, not a lot of models, not a lot of therapists who are really working to help couples who are going through a separation process. Because there's so much that can come up when couples decide to divorce or they've been together a long time and they're breaking up that needs just as much attention as a couple that's trying to come together again
0: i mean that that yeah that's right i, I and I think that there are there are models now for therapy that 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 helps couples as they're as they're moving through that process it is obviously an incredibly painful time um and something that has to be recognized you're not necessarily trying to like magic their pain away but you you are there as a as a as a kind of a a process consultant as a as an advisor as a helper for people to understand to get a sense of the bigger picture what's at stake and how they'd like to conduct themselves not only with their respective other but also vis-a-vis the children if they have any children or even within themselves i mean you know we've people do and say things that they regret and and this is one of the This is one of those moments in life that the really the pressure is on and and the more you can mitigate that the more you can help someone you know regain some perspective and some sense of dignity as they're going through the process the better it is again understanding that this is not a this is not a perfect program at all far from it You, you can't avoid having the feelings to some degree you have to run run to it, you know, and I think that's a lot of trouble happens in a lot of their circumstances when you when you you spend a lot of energy avoiding the pain and you avoiding the emotion. So I think some of what we do here is is helping people, you know, run towards it or walk towards it with their eyes open and, and try to like process the feelings and, and and their reactions to them as they're going through it.
2: Hi Love listeners. Our group practice Modern Mind is located in New York City with offices in Brooklyn and Manhattan offering in-person and virtual psychotherapy. We provide individual, couples, and group therapy as well as ketamine assisted psychotherapy in conjunction with a psychiatry prescriber. Therapy is a powerful experience that can transform your life and help you live it to its full potential. We're here to help take you where you wanna go. To find out more about our practice visit www.modernmind.co or email info at modernmind.co to be connected with one of our therapists. So Yaron, I'm, I'm wondering if you, could, if you could kind of walk us through how you work with couples who are going through a separation and, and how you help them to consciously uncouple. And I guess this would be at a point, you know, I think... There's a lot of different work when you're working with someone who's really trying to determine whether or not they want to separate. That's a whole different kind of work, helping to get clarity, helping to explore the ambivalence, working with with both. Maybe one's leaning out, one's leaning in. But let's say a couple is coming to you or has been working with you and has decided we do want to divorce. Maybe one doesn't, but the other does. But this is the decision that's happening. yeah, what, what's your approach? How do you work with couples to kind of really do it in a way that's that's as smooth and as healthful as possible?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a great question. And I don't think there's there's no one size fits all here, but I think one of the first things that, that I try to do and we try to do is really understand the scope and the magnitude and the stakes of, of what's happening here, you know? And, and especially um, if children are involved, you really want to have both couples understand and acknowledge the importance of the the ecosystem that is the family unit, the well-being of the children. I think that's a really good starting point um, for individuals because in a divorce, which can be acrimonious at every level, on every front, financial, sexual, emotional, most people that I know can come to terms or can, can, can you know, they agree that the kid's well-being is paramount and that their health is paramount. Even if they don't always behave that way, even if they fall short of the glory, they can at least in session in principle as a foundation stone, can agree that their well-being and their health and their emotional safety is important. And that's I usually that's where we start with sort of acknowledging that, agreeing that, you know, and then in a way that the 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 behavior and what you do kind of radiates naturally outward from there, you know, and so that's that's a really like a, a beginning point. And then a lot of it is how do you process the the feelings and and, and what behavior is or isn't acceptable in interpersonally, but also around. The children, you know, uh, a lot of stuff about alienating kids, you know, couples, uh, parents do that. The adult children, they a lot of times in the pain, they use the child as, of course, as a, as a weapon. But also, you know, when someone's going through a lot of pain, it's if the child is old enough, sometimes you see them using the child as an emotional crush.
2: And in, and in many ways, you're serving as the child advocate. Yeah. And and really using the child is also a bond between the two yeah. of them that they that they yeah. have to rise above a lot of their defences towards each other in order for the to benefit the child in order not yeah. to, to to traumatize the child right
0: right right exactly exactly and and so I think that's right and I you know I, I think in the case where there when there aren't kids again the same principles apply you know when people share a significant material. You know where they're they're interconnected materially and there's a lot of stuff to untangle properties money stuff like that then again you know i think the same the same principles apply to how do you want to behave um how do you want to um uh do this in a way that's i mean for lack of a better word is classy you know retain some dignity for yourself you know and, and gives dignity and, and grace to the other person and and uh not easy under those circumstances because really it is it's just just this moment where you're just going through so much, and it's all coming at you at the same time, and and uh, and so you know it's a it's a real battle.
2: Yeah, I think both helping riding these big waves of emotion. You know, there's so many different feelings. There's like grief and sadness of this major loss. There's also longing that's there, maybe regret or or a wish to come back together. Then also anger, what feels like often a betrayal if if one person is leaving the other, maybe there has been a series of betrayals in the relationship, and really like giving that space to kind of fully experience some of those emotions and really help each partner witness that raw emotion. So often during a separation, partners are only witnessing the kind of reactionary, defensive, angry, protective stances, and that can be very disconnecting, that can be very like villainizing of the other. And I think mm. really helping people see, oh, this is actually a person who's really wounded, and it's and it's painful, and it's a struggle. And I have compassion for that person too. Is is really helpful in kind of maintaining some sense of a relationship.
0: No, absolutely. And the one thing, I, I the key thing is is really validating people through this process. It's, it divorces grieving you know it's like a death it's a loss and people are going to go through the whole gamut of emotions and it's very important as the individual and, and even if you can get the partner to really understand that that you're going through this incredible loss and so a lot of validating empathy compassion uh, and and uh, and understanding that what you're feeling there's no it's it's completely normal it's it's there is no wrong answer here there is no uh um you know there's no there's no like you you know i have to dial it back that's not what i you know that's not what we're trying to do here we're not trying to like tell you that your feelings are too strong or too high or too anything they're all correct and they're all appropriate it's just being able to titrate them so that they don't become destructive you know but i think that that feeling those things is, is normal and natural and it's it's important for 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 clients for patients to To understand that because oftentimes the the other part of it is the shame you know that people are like why you know may may, they may never have felt this strongly about anything you know they may never have felt this degree of grief or this degree of depression or anxiety in their lives so a lot of it might be new you know it might be something that's completely foreign to them and they're like you know it's crazy making and it's important to to make them understand that this is part of the process.
1: It seems like a lot of people choose to do individual, process the end of a relationship, a divorce in individual therapy. But it's like the thing that can be so powerful about doing it as a couple is it creates the opportunity to make meaning of what has happened. And that's the thing that gets lost a lot as people break up and then there's no, meaning making, and, and that can be really devastating. But if they can come together as adults with some kindness, you know, that's, and then be able to talk about what has this relationship meant to me? What have you meant to me? What will I remember and appreciate about you? What will I miss? Um, you know, that, that person will always be part of your story. And so it's like that honoring, honoring that piece feels so, so powerful and important. I think, you know, what you're speaking to, too, is like it, there are a lot of heightened emotions. So it's not always so easy to get to that place of kindness and to be able to have a adult conversation. But that there's a lot that can happen there that can be very healing.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that the other, yeah, the, the other part of that is that, you know, it's uh, you're you know, in order to cope with this enormous pain, one of the natural defense mechanisms is to other, dehumanize, the other person and so this process is a humanizing process you know and that's a very complicated and difficult one for people to accept but ultimately can be incredibly therapeutic because you know we we you know how many times have you had a couple once he's a sociopath she's a narcissist he's a this she's a you know and we do that in a way to cope with the pain and you know maybe there are a few narcissists and sociopaths out there but they're not we're not all that all the time and so the process can be can be humanizing and that ultimately I think really serves the individual oh. clients.
2: And separation and divorce is a real opportunity to grow, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship because i mean as we know it really takes two to tango in a relationship and 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 it's rare where it's just the one person's responsibility for the demise of the relationship it's usually that both people contributed to it and if you are totally blind as to how you hold yourself accountable if you don't understand what you did to erode the relationship you will bring that with you into your next one and so it's not just about repair like maintaining a relationship and repairing and, and staying, maintaining some kind of respect for the other person. It's also about how you want to, to, to start your next relationship, how you want to learn and, and learn from your mistakes and keep growing as a person and strengthen your future relationships.
1: I think all of this work, it helps to be reflective about your own contribution to the end of the relationship, learning from your mistake learning more about the other person's experience being in a relationship with you what the relationship has meant and going through that process i think it also maybe can minimize regret because it's like oh i wasn't attracted to this person and spent years with this person for nothing they offered something to me we had something this wasn't a waste of time that 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 can really be people can really ruminate in that place but it's like it's meant something even if it's felt bad it's like oh wait but I learned something from this I learned something about myself I learned something about relationships that learning piece can really can really help people to move forward from that perspective
2: as well and this is your own where I think the work that you do in conscious uncoupling is is so valuable because um there really isn't a space, so much of a space now, where couples can really come together. And, and, and maybe there is a possibility of repair at the end of it, but at the very minimum, you're trying to maintain a healthy parting, which you know I think not only is part of the life cycle in divorce, but for many of us, endings in general are really, really difficult. And if we can learn how to do endings well, it just makes a world of difference.
1: Yaron, do you have any advice for people who are going through a divorce beyond doing conscious uncoupling or doing, you know, some couples therapy to separate and end well?
0: I think that the more support, the more, you know, as a man, um, you know, I think that we find it a little more difficult to to ask for help, although, you know, uh, that's becoming less and less the case. I think asking for help, admitting that, you're in the place that you're in, that you're in pain, looking for support, that's a really big one. I think your people are always positively surprised by how well people respond to to, to those requests, whether it's professionals, your family, your friends, you know, so asking for help, being honest and transparent about what you're going through. I think those are big ones because oftentimes the shame, the guilt, the sense of Failure, cultural, personal, stop people uh, from doing that. And that can really prolong and, and deepen the pain.